Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the beautiful day you blessed us with. Now awesome opportunity once again to get together and get into your word. Help us now as we continue our studies as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word healing, we'll turn to the gospel according to Luke. And we can see some accounts recorded about the various types of healings that the Lord performed similar to those and some of the same ones that we have already studied in the Gospel of Mark and Matthew. We'll cover them again here in the Gospel of Luke, getting right into it in chapter 1, where we see Elizabeth and Zacharias, as it reads in chapter 1, pick it up in verse 5. It was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abbi, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said, Unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years." And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple, and when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked upon me to take away mine reproach among men. 
And we'll get back into it right here in verse 26, and we see another miraculous event unfolding in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the sixth month of the pregnancy of Elizabeth having John, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. That's an awesome verse right there. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country and with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice, and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy." And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doeth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. So we see here two miraculous events. The miraculous event of Elizabeth being healed and the announcement of Mary being able to have a child by the Holy Ghost. And we see these unfold. As we continue, let's go ahead and just keep on reading because it's so well written as it goes. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength... With his arm he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their heart. 
He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever, and Mary abode with her about three months, and returned to her own house. So she stuck around with Elizabeth, almost right to the point of Elizabeth having John. And in verse 57, Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. Fulfilled prophecy in the birth of John the Baptist. As it continues, And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, the eighth day, meaning John was eight days old at this time, which by tradition they would circumcise the child at that age, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. So these folks around were trying to take charge and and disrespecting Elizabeth and her wishes in what they were doing, which is a bad testimony on their part. So they wanted to verify it and find out what Zacharias wanted to name the child. Verse 63, And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. So we see the reversal of the curse that came upon him of not being able to speak when he stepped up and did what he was supposed to do and listened to the angel Gabriel and named his son John. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. So we see there that miraculous healing of Elizabeth and her being able to give birth to John the Baptist. Then you go on in the gospel and see the birth of Jesus Christ over in chapter 2. But we won't cover that right now. And let's go on to chapter 4. And we see after the Lord is around 30 years old, He starts to go around and spread the gospel, spread the good news of His arrival and the arrival of salvation. And He begins to do some healing as well as we see recorded in chapter 4, picking up in verse 33 here. We see the first event recorded in Luke of the Lord healing someone. In Luke chapter 4, verse 33, And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. The reason the Lord rebuked him is it wasn't yet 
time for everyone to know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He said, when the devil had thrown him in the midst, the man that he had possessed, he came out of him and heard him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. Now Simon here is Simon Peter. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. We've seen this recorded over in the Gospel of Mark as well. So he healed her, and like we'd said before, he didn't ask her how much faith she had. He didn't ask if anybody else around there had faith that he could do it. He healed her, and she went right to work helping them, because it said, and ministered unto them. So full healing there. And as it continues, verse 40. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with divers diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. A reference here to the laying on of hands and people being healed. And devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place, and the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him, him that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. Came to preach the kingdom. Preach about the availability of the kingdom to become a part of the family of God, to be a part of the kingdom of God, to be adopted into that, to get forgiveness, to have salvation. So he began doing what he came to do. The healing of others was so they could be revealed the power of God, so they could see the works of God and further believe what the Lord was there to do and to teach them. And we see this continuing over in chapter 5, verse 12, where he gets into not only the physical healing, but the spiritual healing, which comes by way of the power of Jesus Christ and the grace of Jesus Christ and he can wash us clean, heal us physically and heal us spiritually. And that spiritual healing is the one that is most important. And in Luke chapter 5, let's pick it up in verse 12. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Now here we see this man does have the faith that he knows that the Lord can do it. His question is, if he wills, if it is the will of the Lord, that he knows he could heal him. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. 
And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thyself the thy cleansing according to the commandment for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So you got to wonder what was their primary motive. primary motive was to get something from the Lord, to get that healing. As it continues, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on the certain day, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And they could not find by what way they might bring him in, because of the multitude they they went upon the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his coach into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Here we see the interesting reference to the faith of those that were helping this man get to Jesus. He didn't speak of the faith of the man that he's healing, but those that were a part of the process. Verse 21, And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Because he said, Thy sins are forgiven thee. And that is the spiritual healing. That was the most important of it. Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whither is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he arose up before them, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. So healed him first spiritually, and then physically. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Strange things. Things that they hadn't seen before. And emphasizing there the importance of that spiritual healing. That's the first and primary and most important thing is to get spiritually healed. And then the reference to healing on the Sabbath that we see over in Luke chapter 6. Pick it up here in verse 6. Where it reads, And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. 
And the scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. See, this man didn't even ask the Lord to heal him. Or I should say, it's not recorded that this man asked the Lord to heal him. And there's no reference to the Lord asking him if he has faith in the Lord or any of those around him. Reason said, Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. That verse 11 there is a horrible testimony on their part. Instead of being excited about it, instead of being thankful, instead of rejoicing that this man was healed, they were there just trying to find something to condemn the Lord about and to be upset about. And they were jealous, they were envious, and they displayed that. And they displayed that they clearly were not true believers in the Lord, that they were in it all for themselves. Verse 11 again. And they, they the, the doubtful that were round about, the Pharisees and the others that were with them, reads, and they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus, as if they had some power or authority that they could decide what needed to be done. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. An awesome example there to us as well. The importance of prayer and the importance of solitude in those prayers. To be able to go out, and here he goes out into a mountain, out into the creation, out into a beautiful place to, to commune with the Lord. And that is an example for us that we can also follow, to get out away from things and to be able to have that close personal time praying to the Lord. All right, roll around into chapter 7, picking it up in verse 11. Here we see the Lord actually raising the dead in Luke chapter 7, verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up, began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Now here again we see an example by grace that the Lord chooses to do this. He did not ask the mother about her faith. He did not ask the man, of course, because he was dead. And he, by grace, chose to take care of this 
and he raised that man from the dead, young man as it says, as it continues in verse 16, And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. So we see the ability of the Lord to heal anything, anyone, anytime, of anything, even of death. Spiritual death and physical death. The power of the Lord. It is so awesome. Get right into chapter 8 now, and we see a man that was plagued with a legion of evil spirits within him. In Luke chapter 8, Pick it up in verse 26. And he arrived at the country of the Gadareans, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes he had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there an herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done, and came to Jesus, and found the man out of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also which saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. It was by the power of Jesus Christ, and it was by His mercy and His grace that He did this, because the man did not ask Him, because He was totally possessed by these devils. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadareans round about besought Him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear, and He went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought Him that He might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way, and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. So in the land of the Gadareans, the Lord actually told Legion to go on and tell everybody 
of the healing power of Jesus Christ and what he had done. Now these others, we see examples where he tells the people to be quiet, not to spread it, not to tell it. But here we see that he did tell him to go and tell others what had happened to him. So it's interesting the way they have these different things recorded, the events that take place of some having faith, others around them having faith, people that you could not even communicate with, young man that was dead, and then legion here filled with the devils, and he healed him. So various ways, different ways, the Lord has healed people in the past and continues to heal people in different degrees, at different stages, and based upon grace, based upon faith, whatever it may be. So we got to fully and totally trust in the Lord, His power, His ability, and His will. By His will, things are done. We need to yield to His will and submit ourselves completely to Him. Ask for, most importantly, the spiritual healing that He can give us, and then from there, we can go into the physical healing. So much that He has available for all of us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank You so much for the Many things you teach us through your word. Help us all have that hunger to dig deep into there, to find a message and then apply it in the right way and to share it with others. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.